1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
2: 9.27 now. I think it might be the first time we've spoken to our friend Dr. Judy Ho, clinical and forensic neuropsychologist, host of the Supercharged Life podcast this year because we had a— I think it was a weather emergency and we had to to bump you, Dr. Judy. How are you? Happy New Year to you.
0: Happy New Year, Tommy. How are you doing? I'm
2: good. How how are the holidays and and did you make any resolutions? Are you sticking to them?
0: Yeah, you know, I actually don't make true New Year resolutions because I feel like sometimes that kind of gets you stuck in this idea of, oh my gosh, I have this one chance and if I make one mistake, so for me, I actually just kind of make different goals throughout this year. And my first one is actually just to try to get to the finish line. I'm just finishing up getting ready for the release of my new book. So this is really the first goal until March. So that we'll call it a first quarter goal. Tell me about it, the book. Well, this is called The New Rules of Attachment. And it's about how you can heal all of the ways that perhaps, you know, your past experiences have taught you to think about yourself. Maybe it's created low self-esteem or questions about what you can really do in this life and different areas of life. And it's about really healing that from any age and being able to achieve the life you really want. So really excited about it. We just finished recording the audiobook. I'm going to be doing a couple of pickups um, in this next week. And then, yeah, we're just Getting all of the final things ready for the book to be released on March 26th, and yeah, it's on pre-sale now. Really, really excited about it. Oh, well, pickups! What the hell is that? Oh, uh, pickups for the audiobook, like you know, little mistakes or like oh, little audio. Oh, cuts. I, I got
2: you, like overdubs and yeah. those kind of things. I didn't yeah. know what you were up to, Doctor Judy. I want to make sure you're behaving yourself. Let's talk exactly. about let's talk about screen time and kids. It, um, a lot of. Oh, well, do you hear? Luca. Do you hear, Luca? Yeah, how's he doing? Yeah. right? <laughs> he, he,
0: well, you know, I took away his screen, so that's what happened. No, I'm mm. kidding, but it's actually true. Uh, you can really see how addicted kids can get to to screens. It's so fast that it happens before you even know it. Did Did you really take it away from him? No, I oh. haven't taken it away completely, and it's not happening this morning. But I did notice that he was just like a zombie whenever we gave him anything to watch, and so now we really been a lot more concerned about limiting the amount of time and teaching him how to manage his use of devices because, you know, taking it away completely doesn't actually help because it's just not realistic to life, right? I mean, people are going to have screens. They're going to even see screens in school. uh, Their friends are going to have screens. So it's more about educating them on how to use it wisely uh, rather than just having them kind of stare at it all day long um, and then not doing anything else. That's important for their development.
2: You know, as you said that, um, I can remember back in the day when when smartphones first came out, seeing the babies on them and telling their parents, because my kid was older, saying, you know, well, I guess that's good because um, they, they, they're going to learn, they're going to know more about that than I will in a couple of years, and, and they'll only be four or five years old and so forth. And I can see where you can make a case for that is the future, and like it or not, that is going to be in their hand for the rest of their lives, and Lord only knows where else in your mind, I don't know where the future is going to lead. So they do have to be um, competent. They do have to be able to, to manage that technology. But on the other hand, um, I guess, Dr. Judy, you're a licensed clinical neuropsychologist. What, what does the research say about kids learning from the screen and learning about electronic devices and, and what they can learn from them and traditional learning and, and facial recognition and, and human interaction and these kind of things?
0: Yeah, so obviously there is some quality programming, um, whether it's on streamers or, uh, you know, even on cable channels or, of course, everyone's most happy, uh, you know, most popular medium these days is YouTube videos, because they're so easy. But um, overall, I think the issue is that when people are watching kids and adults, really, when when kids and adults are watching screens, um. And especially kids, they're just not picking up on the social, emotional back and forth the same way that they would if they were hanging out with peers or family members or friends and especially their primary caregivers, you know. So much of children's understanding of how the world works and what their place is in it is watching those most important people who care for them who are there to ensure their survival what their facial responses are and when they do something and it evokes a specific reaction from a person in their life that cares for them that's a very special kind of learning experience okay. versus watching a youtube video of a mom and a child interacting Um, there's just not that same kind of firing in the brain of, oh, this is the connection I'm making and that it relates to me. And so I think that's the most important thing is that a lot of times it kind of seems like, oh, well, this looks educational. They're talking about, you know, how to, you know, work with your parents and do chores together. But we learn that kids don't really imitate and they don't really learn the same way when they're watching a video. And also it's a lot more passive. So they're not also engaging and doing things to, Stimulate, you know, possible reactions from their environment and people that they're with, and so they don't really get to understand this feeling of self-efficacy or confidence in enacting good outcomes and and making a difference, essentially, in their environment, which are such important lessons when you're a child.
2: Is it possible to extrapolate anything from that to uh learning on the internet and and as kids get older and and even go into high school and so forth remote learning or i'm trying to think of the phrase right now but i but i can't think of it yeah um or am i i know that's a scientific conclusion and i can't <laughs> jump to that but is there anything to be said about that or not
0: yeah remote learning again you know this is the kind of thing that we start this conversation by saying tommy it's like Things that are not going to completely go away, and it's about how we can optimize them, right, mm-hmm. so that we can still learn from them. And so for remote learning, for a lot of people, what they complain about is that it's just so passive. It's so easy just to say, oh, you know what, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to watch this class but also do my laundry at the same time. It's just too easy to start multitasking and tuning out because a person is not in front of you, and you don't socially monitor yourself as much when you know that people aren't actually they're in person with you and there isn't this idea of, okay, well the decorum is we all stay seated during class and maybe we're taking notes, right? We don't really know what you're doing when you're attending a class online and remote learning. and so. I think it's really about setting up some parameters for yourself for success, because we know that multitasking is a myth. Human beings don't multitask. We're kind of just trying to switch our attention back and forth really quickly, and it's not efficient. It actually tires us out more. And so one thing that would be helpful for remote learning, if you have children or even just for yourself, if you're taking some classes, is that you really take it. You know, as seriously as possible as if you were in the in person classroom. And so you would really want to make sure you have one area in your home where you're attending to this, that you're essentially glued to your seat um, for as much of it as possible, and that you're not also doing something else. You're turning off other things that are distracting, like, oh, let me just go check my email halfway through, right? You're really actually attending to it as if you were in an in person class. And a lot of it is about setting boundaries for what you're going to be doing behaviorally during those classes. And a lot of it is just about not also doing five other things at the same time.
2: Um, Somebody texted in that we're afraid of new technology. And is this really any different than parents plopping their kids down in front of the TV back in the day for Captain Kangaroo and Romper Room and letting them babysit? Yeah.
0: Well, I do know and understand and empathize that all parents, we need a little break. And that's kind of what happens is, You know, we need a little break, so let's turn on the TV. And, you know, that's that's necessary to some degree. So we're not saying get rid of it completely. The difference between the YouTube videos versus the cartoons is that the cartoons are like one long episodic, right? I mean, maybe in a 30-minute there's two cartoons or it's a 30-minute episode. The difference is YouTube grabs your attention in such a different way. While you're watching the video you're watching, there's still like a side scroll of other videos you could watch. And then I've noticed the difference, even in my own toddler, of if we, let's say, watch a Disney movie together, he'll just pay attention to the whole movie. But when he's watching something on YouTube, even when it's quote-unquote educational, five minutes into the video, he's like, I want to see this other video that's scrolling on the side. You know. So then the attention gets really split, and it becomes – kind of a chase for what's what's going to grab their attention more, and that is actually kind of a bad precursor for how to train attention for little kids, right? They have to learn that sometimes you sit still for 20 minutes. Sometimes you're watching one show, and we're not watching five shows in the span of 20 minutes. Let
2: me take a break. We'll pick it up here. we come back. We're talking to Dr. Judy Ho, clinical and forensic neuropsychologist, host of the Supercharged Life podcast. You all know my phone was stolen on Christmas Eve. I got a new one, and now... I don't know why or how, but I get reports every Sunday morning on my screen usage time, which I don't really pay a lot of attention to. But we'll talk to Dr. Judy Ho about how important that is for because I use it so much for work. But I'll, I'll talk to Dr. Judy Ho when we come back about how important that is for parents. And if you have any questions about your kids or grandkids and managing their screen time, 504-260-1870. We'll also talk about doom scrolling when we come back and how damaging that can be 937 23 till 10 traffic now wwl
1: you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: 9.43, 17 till 10. Back with Dr. Judy Ho, clinical forensic neuropsychologist, host of the Supercharged Life podcast. Quick traffic note for you. If you're heading to the North Shore, maybe to request the paces, get a king cake. Um, They are cleaning the northbound lanes. You'll have to merge into the right lane, so be aware of that. It's going to be a little bit slower. Somebody texted in, Dr. Judy. I agree with Dr. Judy. The education is multidimensional when being taught one-on-one with a parent, not at all the same with a one-dimensional YouTube video. And then somebody else said the doctor was talking a new text about the side-scrolling on YouTube The same thing is now happening on the news where you have a headline scroller on bottom of screen, hard to figure where to focus. Sometimes I have to rewind to see one or the other. Sometimes I have two scrolling ribbons and I get totally lost. If you've ever seen the movie Anchorman 2, uh, it's hilarious because Will Ferrell's talking about more graphics, more graphics, more graphics. And really, sometimes... I don't know. It Does that distract our attention? I know I've already had to rewind to see crawls at the bottom of a TV screen where I'm trying to pay attention. Can we multitask like that, or are we evolving as human beings, or are we just being bombarded with too much stuff?
0: <laughs> well, I, I love what your listeners have sent in because, yes, I get that same exact experience in watching the news now. It's too much. I can't even keep up with what's the real quote unquote main story is because sometimes that side scroll, the bottom scroll on the news is getting my attention more so than the main one. And then I find myself rewinding a lot more mm-hmm. trying to go back to, to see what I miss. And I think that that is showing us that our attentions are being affected in a negative way. It's something where we don't realize it's kind of insidious. But over time, we start to almost prefer, our brains start to prefer this idea of having all these things to look at that you can't even just sit still. I mean, I noticed it with myself, like I'm sitting down to watch a show, and these are not shows that I just have in the background, like a cooking show, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is a meaningful show for me where there's a good plot line, and I want to find out what happens. And I still find myself automatically sometimes just reaching for my phone, and I'm like, why am I even doing that, you know? What am I looking for? Nothing really specific, but it's almost like you can't just watch tv anymore and so i think the problem is that our attentions are not necessarily adjusting and becoming better at multitasking as we said in the previous segment we actually don't multitask as human beings It's just not the way our brain works what we call multitasking is actually switching back and forth very quickly so obviously some people are better at that kind of thing than others but it always comes at a premium our brains get more tired when we have to switch back and forth so much rather than just paying attention to one thing. So no wonder why at the end of the day, sometimes we feel really exhausted even on the day when we had off. And it's probably because on that day off, instead of being out and about and engaging with the world in a different way, maybe we were, you know, doing our two to three hours of catching up on um, watching things that we haven't watched in a while. But at the same time, we're also scrolling through our phone. I mean, I'm a big football fan, as you know, Tommy, Mm -hmm. and even the way that our broadcasts are, there's just so much going on all the time. Like I can't even focus on the game because there's all this side stuff happening and like numbers and stats, and then you know even the commercials are like just everything's so fast. There's so many frames. Well, now now they still got the broadcast the on.
2: They still got the broadcast on with a commercial on the screen at the same time. No,
0: oh and too much. It, you know what I hate the most? Red zone. That's the worst.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, wait, you mean subscribing to it or the commercial?
0: Just no, just the way that red zone set up because you are watching like game to game. Sometimes like ten seconds of this game, ten seconds of that game. They're trying to show you the highlights of like all the games that are on at that time. And I can't, I can't follow that, Tommy. It, it, it's
2: too much. My head hurts. Well, and you <laughs> know, Doctor Judy, while we're going to confession, I'll find myself watching a program and I'm engaged in it, like you're saying. But yet, I'm picking up the yeah. remote. And I have to go scroll through the lineup to see what else is on. So, are we all yes. giving? Are, are we all getting ADD? Is that what it is? We're kidding ourselves into thinking that we're multitasking, but yet what we're doing is being conditioned to not concentrate on anything.
0: Yes, it is happening that way. And unless you decide to intervene yourself and try to get your brain working optimally again, and so first of all, this is—I mean, this is not all because of you, right? Like we're not completely at fault here. I love that we're going to confession. Uh, right now, but I think that a lot of listeners will be like, "Yep, that sounds kind of like yeah. you too." And you know, obviously, the media, you know, is actually feeding what they think we want, right? Because all of us have become accustomed to it, so that like a show that doesn't have all these scrolling tickers now it looks quote unquote boring to us, right? So of course, the marketers and everyone else is going to say, "Well, let's give the people what they want." Unfortunately, we're getting less enjoyment out of everything that we're doing, and at the same time, we're not absorbing as much of what what You know, we're watching and we're getting tired and burned out from supposedly relaxing. And going back to how this is for children, you know, we're modeling that for children also, right? So if you're a parent who says, hey, you can't be on your device, but then you're on your device all the time, then that's kind of hard for your kids to say, I should do that. You know, because, well, hey, my mom and dad are doing it too. So I do think that we have to um, try our best to modify Slowly and gradually, like even just challenge yourself, I'm going to watch one episode of this TV show without picking up my phone, without talking to somebody on the side. That's all I'm going to do. All I'm going to do is just watch the show and have nothing else distract me. And sometimes people will say I'm watching a show, but at the same time, I'm also knitting or like I'm watching the show, but I'm also, you know, putting my clothes away. Of course, we want to be efficient, but that also is another form of us really training our attention in the opposite direction. That you know we want. So- I was yeah. having
2: breakfast with somebody on Saturday, and they made the point that they missed with streaming services. They missed co- the commercials because that was their chance to put the laundry away, or to put or to go to the bathroom or do whatever. I don't know if that's led to it or not, but but you and I are about the same age, approaching forty, and um, along those <laughs> lines, two, three, four. Um, If we've become that way, are kids growing up this way with uh, intentionally, with with, uh, self-imposed ADD or not? And then are kids being artificially uh, diagnosed with ADD when in fact it's just the environment that's causing this? Talk about that, Dr. Judy, if you would.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, so first of all, there is an increase in diagnoses of ADHD overall. Some of it, I think, is warranted because people are just starting to understand what ADHD is and looking for it. But I think a big portion of it is an overdiagnosis. It's You know what, you shouldn't be diagnosing your child with this. And it's happening for a couple of reasons. One is parents and children sometimes themselves want to get ahead. So they think, okay, with a diagnosis, maybe I can get medication to help or maybe some special help with the school, maybe it's, some accommodations. It's at taking time. a shot
2: before the big game is what it is. You're trying to get an edge, yeah. right?
0: exactly yeah I know it's so sad to say that but you know obviously we want the best for our kids and parents may not even realize that, that that's what they're doing but of course there's truly children who have ADHD who are this is an actual disability of theirs right versus people who are saying well yeah you know my attention is not as great as it could be well maybe I can get this diagnosis and get extra help so I think that's partially what's inflating it secondly what you mentioned is yes our environment the way that we interact with the things in the world it's starting to short our attention. Do you have true ADHD? Probably not. But is your attention worse right now than it was last year or the year before? Yeah, probably as well, right? So the good thing is all of this is reversible, and your brain is very adaptable. So if you can start to just make these small commitments and say, okay, I want what's good for my brain. I don't want to make my brain you know, function worse than it is. And as I get older, Tommy, I'm all about preserving the brain cells. I still have left. you know? So I have really taken it upon myself to say, catch myself when I see myself trying to do too many things at once and then just slow down and try to do it one time, one thing at a time. And I always notice that if I put down my devices, if I'm not also knitting at the same time, if I'm not also putting away my laundry at the same time, I really do enjoy the TV shows that I watch a lot more. You know, it's just a lot more fun. Like you, you actually catch what's going on. You catch the nuances. It's a lot more enjoyable, you does, know? Does so all I go think if you does, can just challenge yourself that way.
2: Does it all go back to self-discipline?
0: Uh, it does go back to self-discipline to a degree, but I think also you need peer support, right? So I kind of feel like, Tommy, you and I have been having a little group therapy mm-hmm. here. And it's kind of like talking to each other about, hey, yeah, this is what I'm finding difficult for me. This is what I think is a struggle. Like, what has worked for you? It's good to be honest with the people in your life because none of us are perfect. We're all doing it to some degree. So get some camaraderie going. Talk to people about how they're managing it. And then maybe make a commitment with a buddy to get out like, hey, you know what? Instead of just being glued to our TVs this weekend like we always do, like we get together and watch football, that's cool. But hey, maybe we'll do something different this week. Maybe we'll... Try to go on a hike or something. Maybe we'll just walk around the neighborhood and go grab coffee somewhere. You know, do things that are more in real life that doesn't involve screens with the people that you tend to want to get together with and have camaraderie with. I think that that's an important step, too.
2: All right, our time's up for today. We'll reconvene a group in two weeks, okay?
0: Okay. Thank you, Sounds Dr. Good. Judy. Looking See you. To it. See you, Luca.
2: Bye, Dr. Judy Ho, clinical forensic neuropsychologist, host of the Supercharged Life Podcast. Very interesting information. Conversation air. We'll take a break. Come back. Find out what Newell's got planned for us today on WWL.